Welcome to the All People's Church Podcast. We believe in loving God, strengthening families, and developing leaders. We are so excited for you to hear this life-changing message recorded live at one of our worship experiences. Remember to share and subscribe to this podcast and enjoy the message. All right, who's ready to receive the Word of God? We are, we, I'm excited this morning. I, I spoke for a long time. Um, in the 9 a.m., I said, Pastor Moses, I felt like you. I just kind of went on and on and on, like on a Wednesday. Like, that was supposed to be a joke, right? Like on a Wednesday night. And come on, you know, Pastor Moses said something about you guys. Just so He said, you know, that 11 o'clock crowd, they, they just cut, like get out of bed and roll in here. And they're like you know, all sleepy. So, so prove them, come on, prove them wrong this morning that you're not asleep. Tell them. Tell them, Pastor Mo, we're not asleep. <laughs> All right, I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Philemon. You might not even know where that book is in the Bible. It's a small uh, little letter that Paul wrote. And we are, we've been talking about relational intelligence. And today I want to talk to you about the law of expectation. Relational intelligence, the law of expectation. And I, I want to say this. Uh, for those of us that are, you know, Pentecostal and charismatic, that, you know, many times we are, we are very sensory. You know, when, when we, we gather, we, we, we want to feel God. We're very emotional. We, we want to be touched by God, and that's wonderful. That's, that's amazing. But, you know, many times in our circle, we're not very cognitive. Uh, we're not necessarily encouraged to think about things. We're more encouraged to, how did that make you feel? And because of that, we, we tend to be more open to offense. Have you ever found out how sensitive people are today? Have you ever found out how easily offended they become? Just put something on Facebook and find out. You're like, gee, I didn't even mean that at all. And how quickly people go from zero to 60. Because people are under pressure. People are under stress. People are, people are concerned. People are anxious. And have you even found in your home life that, that an innocent conversation, unless you live alone, I guess you're talking to yourself, like an innocent conversation goes boom. And you're like, well, hold on here. What, you know, what just happened? And pretty soon you're, you know, you're fighting about your, your, your fourth grandfather who died you know, in 1954, right? And you're like, what, are we, what, are we, what, what just happened here? So my friends, we require relational intelligence more than ever before. It's that area about, about the attitude. And, and, and you know what? Even amongst God's people, our, our attitudes are not always the best. Come on now. And somehow we give ourselves a, a little bit of a permission to say, well, you know, with everything that's going on, I, I, I deserve to have a bad attitude. I, 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 I'm entitled to like spout off. No, 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 no. No, no we're not. Even, even in these times, the, the spirit of Christ, the attitude of Christ, the mind of Christ must prevail uh, with all of us in places of work, right? Uh, on social media, that wherever, wherever it is that we're communicating. But I want to talk to you today about particularly the law of expectation because how many understand you all have expectations? Come on now. Yes or no? Yeah. Some expectations are communicated and some are not. Have you ever, have you held people, ever held people accountable for expectations you never communicated to them? How did you miss that? I, I, I don't know. Because you never communicated that, that expectation. We have a high expectation of, of the church, 
of pastors, of people in, in leadership. For some reason, we, we, we feel that the church ought to be this perfect place. And yet, we tell people that are broken, <laughs> we tell people that are sick, we, we, we tell people that are emotionally busted and dysfunctional that come to the house of God, and then we get perplexed on, well, why are there problems in the church? Well, the church are full of broken people. The, the church are full of sick people that are trying to get well. And you know what's amazing? We could have the same issues in the workplace and in society, but, but we tend to have more grace because our expectations are lower there and higher here. And sometimes they're justified, and many times they're not justified. I, I know Pastor Carolyn's watching, and so, honey, I just want to confess that I said things in the 9 a.m. service that I'm probably not going to say in this service, and so some people might be texting you right now. <laughs> no, you know what? I'll say it anyway. Uh, uh, even, even, in our, even in our marriage, you know, when, when Pastor Carolyn was upset and I missed something, and and, uh, and I would say, well, what's wrong? And she would say to me, well, figure it out. You figure it out. You're a smart man. You figure it out. And I'm like, okay. And, and then when I thought I figured it out, I didn't figure it out. And that's not it. And I was like, okay. And, and then finally I said, you know, I'm tired of figuring it out. Why don't you just tell me what you expect? Tell me what you expect. And then I can communicate whether I can meet that expectation or I cannot meet that expectation. And so, my friends, I really want us to develop this muscle that we begin to communicate our expectations. Here's what I require. Here's, here's my standard. Here's, my, here's, here's my, my level of what I believe should happen. Whether it's in church, in family, in the workplace. I, I believe even, even in our society. I, I believe that part of the reason we are suffering in the condition that we are is because we have let our expectations of our government and our leaders so low that they get away with all kinds of nonsense. We should require more. We should require things like, you tell us the truth. But you see, we, we, we have, you know, basically three, four parties, and it's basically a mixture of, you know, I don't know which is, you know, the, the lesser of the evils. And so we go through this cycle, and, but we never change our expectations. We, we never change our, our requirements. And I, and I think this is what I was saying about the playgrounds in the last 15 hours. People just said, hey, you have crossed, some, you have crossed the line here. And so even in, even in, in relational intelligence, we, we need to be able to communicate in a positive way because amongst Christians, particularly amongst charismatics, we don't communicate well. And when there's any kind of confrontation or issue, because people don't want to communicate, because people think, well, I'm, I'm, someone's going to be offended, and watch this, this is the way we deal with things is we, we, we take our marbles and we go home. I'm leaving, I'm out of here, I'm done, I'm, I'm, I'm finished, I'm, I'm, I'm not. And so people go, well, I don't want to offend anybody, I don't want to hurt anybody. So rather than deal with things, we ignore things. And you know the old proverbial, we put things under the carpet? Come on, some of you got carpets that are like, you know, and you know it's there, and you got this mound in the middle of your living room, but everybody goes, we know it's there, uh, we're just not gonna, we just walk around it. You know, the proverbial elephant I don't know where that came from, but the elephant that's in the room, right? We don't want to deal with the elephant. Everybody knows the elephant is there, just nobody wants to point out the elephant. And so in, in the Bible here, the Bible begins to communicate expectations. How many know God has expectations of you? He wrote a book. Can you imagine getting to heaven and getting in front of Jesus and the, and the great white throne and you're going to be judged and, and you say to God, well, what was I judged on? And, and God would have said, well, why don't you figure it out? 
and now, you're, now I'm going to send you to hell. What? So, so God gives us his book of expectations. Here's what I require of you, even as we heard earlier from Pastor Moses, sometimes just God requires us to be still. That's a requirement. Here's my expectation. Be still and know that I am God. And so there's this amazing little letter in, uh, in the New Testament. Uh, of, of, uh, it's called the letter to Philemon or Philemon, whichever, tomato, tomato. I'm going to say Philemon. Are we okay with that? Philemon. And uh, let me give you a little bit of background, then we're going to read uh, a few verses of it. I've got some things I want to share regarding the law of expectation. So Philemon was a very wealthy Christian. He was so wealthy that he owned slaves, and, and in that day, that was part of the Roman culture to own slaves. And I uh, here again, my friends, listen, because uh, I hear a lot of this online, you know, God's the answer, the problem is the Bible, because the Bible condones slavery. My friends, the Bible does not condone slavery. As a matter of fact, Paul spoke into the culture that was happening there, and he said this, if you own slaves, this is the way you to behave. If you are a slave, this is the way to behave. But he said, here's what I want you to know. In Christ, you're all equal. If you know your history, which you would know, my brother, if you know your history, you would actually recognize that it was Christianity that actually came out with the philosophy that all men and all people are equal. It was actually Christianity that elevated women and minorities because when, when you were living in the time of Christ and the time of Paul, the truth is all people were not equal. And my friends, I'm very, very concerned, honestly, with the things that I am hearing that we are actually returning to a pre-biblical, pre-New Testament mindset. All this idea of minimum income and and, you know, debt forgiveness. My friends, listen, when you begin to hear things like that, it sounds good, doesn't it? We're going to forgive all your debt. You know what they're saying? We own you. You're going to do what we say, which, which is what? We are returning to a pre-Christendom thought process of, of classes and, and finances and, 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 you know, based on, on how much you make and, and your stand in society. But you see, when people are terrified and when people are, are in debt up to their eyeballs, they're going to go, okay, okay, okay. But you don't understand why the church is so important. Why? Because it's the church and the Bible that gives guidance to society on morality. When you wipe it out, you're finished. You're going to have, you're going to have chaos. You're going to have chaos. And, and let me just say something is, because I, honestly, I don't believe that people understand what is happening. And so uh, do you know, how the, you know how the police force, you know, rose up all across the country and said, you know, we're not, we're not stopping people at random, right? Because nothing bad was going to happen there. But watch this, watch this. If the government is bent on something, you know what the next step is? They'll say, well, if the police don't do it, we're going to call in the military. People just don't, they don't understand what's happening. You know, on the way here, you know, I said that at a 9 a.m. service, I said, well, I didn't get arrested coming to church. And if I was stopped, you know, if I'd have said, well, I'm going to church, you know, I don't know, I might have got a $750 ticket. So I almost had to be ready to say, I'm going to buy booze and weed. Then they would have been, okay, carry on, sir. Our world is a little weird. Our world is... <laughs> Adel, you would have been seeing me, right? Hey, pastor, what are you doing here? Battle's a... He's, <laughs> he's, an, he's an officer at one of the prisons, right? And uh, I'd be like, bring me some bread and water, bro. What can I tell you? Yeah. Bring me some booze and weed. Praise the Lord. That's like, yeah. 
Woo! You know, if you don't keep your mind right, you're gonna go, you're gonna go crazy. But 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 watch this. Paul then is is writing to this man. Okay, I gotta come back to this man, Philemon, who owns slaves, and and he had a slave named Onesimus. And Onesimus ran away from Philemon. Philemon is a Christian, Onesimus is not. He runs away. And in the book, we find out that either he stole or he had, he had caused some damage. He runs away. But watch what happens. He runs. Onesimus runs into Paul. And Paul, who had also led Philemon to Christ, now he leads Onesimus to Christ. So now Onesimus is with Paul. And here's the fabulous thing. You know, you might be asking online, well, well Pastor, why did Onesimus have to live Philemon, leave Philemon, who was a Christian, why did he just come to faith in, in, in God through Philemon? Why did he have to run away, cause all this trouble, and then run to, you know, run to Paul in the sense of run into Paul, and then Paul leads him to the Lord? I don't know. I don't know why we need to run away from God to find God. But I'll just say this. I, I believe that in God's sovereignty, and those of you, I want to encourage you, those of you that have children, maybe that have you know, run away from the Lord and they're rebellious, I just want you to know, I believe the, the chain only goes so long. And when they get far enough, God yanks on the chain. Come on, somebody, give God praise. I believe God said to somebody, you know, said to the prodigal son, that's far enough. You've gone far enough. I'm going to bring you now back into your right mind. And, and by the way, church, I want you to know, just, just literally in the last 24 hours, somebody shared about, uh, you know, giving their, giving their life back to the Lord and renewing their lives. And, and I'm like, I just rejoice. I, I, I rejoice that the Spirit of God is still moving despite everything that's happening. And so he runs away. And then Paul says, you know, you got to go back. On this list, we've got to take you back to Philemon, because that's really where you belong. And he, he sends Onesimus back to Philemon. But here's what you have to understand. Philemon had every right to have Onesimus brutalized, like literally punished severely or even put to death. That's the kind of power Philemon has. And Paul is saying, you have to go back to that. You have to go and confront your issues. You, you have to go and confront your past. And my friends, there, there, there are times, some of us are running from our past, but there'll always come a time where God will say, you have to go back and confront your past. He says, but I'm going to send you with a letter. I'm going to write a letter to Philemon so that when you get there, in Colossae, with this letter, Philemon will understand what is going on. And so I want you to open your Bibles. And Pastor Moses, I think we're frozen. I want you to open your Bibles and let's stand this morning. I don't know if I can do this without Pastor Moses. Hold on, he'll be so proud. If I could do it, he'll be like, Pastor, I'm so... Oh, woo! Are you so proud, Pastor Mo? Come on. Come on, come on. I need to hear more encouragement than that, bro. Here's what... Paul says, I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers. Paul speaking to Philemon, hearing of your love and faith, which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, brother. Oh, boy, I tell you, thank God for people that refresh us. Thank God for people that refresh us and don't deplete us. He says, and I've circled some things here. He says, therefore, 
though I might be very bold in Christ to command, woo, to command you what is fitting, yet for love's sake, I would rather appeal to you. Here's what Paul's saying. I could tell you what to do, but I'd rather appeal to you. And he says, he says this, I'd rather appeal to you being uh, such a one as Paul, the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. He says, I appeal to you for my son, Onesimus, whom I have begotten while in my chains, who once was unprofitable to you, but now is profitable to you and to me. Then he says, I'm sending him back. You therefore receive him. That is my own heart, whom I wish to keep with me, that on your behalf he might minister to me in my chains for the gospel. In other words, I could really use him, Philemon. He's a real blessing to me, but I need to send him back to you. He says, but without your consent. Everybody say permission. permission. He says, I wanted to do nothing that your good deed might not be by compulsion. Or in other words, I don't want to force you to do anything, as it were, but voluntary. For perhaps he departed, here's Paul giving purpose, for perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose that you might receive him forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother. Paul changes the relationship. He says, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If you then count me as a partner, receive him as you would me. Paul, treat him the way you would treat me. My credibility account with you, Paul, or to Philemon, deal with him the way you would deal with me. But if he has wronged you or owes you anything, put that on my account. You know, the Bible says, blessed is the man, the woman that, that swears to their own hurt, that takes responsibility for what they've done. And Paul's saying here, I, I, I'm interceding. I'm, I'm being like Christ here. I will pay a price if it's owed to you. He said, I, Paul, am writing with my own hand. Philemon, this is how important it is. I'm writing with my own hand, and I, I will repay. Now, let's, watch this. Watch this. He goes, by the way, not to mention that you owe me even your own self besides. I'm appealing to you, but I want you to understand you owe me. You're indebted to me. Yes, brother, let me have joy from you in the Lord and refresh my heart in the Lord. He says, having confidence in your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I say. Not only are you going to do the right thing, Philemon, I know that you're going to do more even then I say, before you're seated, will you turn to somebody and say, the law of expectation. <laughs> All right, you may be seated. Those of you online, I want to give you a few phases. I want to give you a few stages that, that we go through when we're talking about the law of expectation. But I want to preface it by this, that what I'm about to tell you, if it, it is used in the wrong motive, can become very, very manipulative. I'm not here to teach you how to manipulate people and manipulate your relatives and, and your friends and your co-workers. I'm, I'm here to teach you what, what, what Paul is saying about relational intelligence and about the law of expectation and how we ought to behave. And I want you to understand that the premise, the premise of Paul is saying this, I'm writing to you out of love. 
I'm appealing to you out of love. I'm not here to manipulate you. I, as a matter of fact, he said I could be very forceful with you and I could tell you what to do because of my spiritual leadership and position in your life. Church, I want to say this on, on, on the outset. You know, we, we have lost that sense of spiritual authority. We have lost that respect. We have lost that order within the kingdom of God for spiritual authority. Now, I, I think the pendulum has swung in, you know, in, in, in earlier decades where, where it was like nothing could be done or nothing could be said to authority. And, and in some cases it was abused to all of a sudden we just have these attitudes and mouthy people and, and entitled people that we, we don't understand the authority of the kingdom at all. But Paul's saying, I have authority over you. He says, I owe, you owe me everything. Imagine Imagine if I came to some of you today and said, you owe me everything. And some do. Some do. I've, I've saved people's marriages. I've saved people's lives. I've, I've, I've given wisdom and knowledge. And, and then they treat you like, well, what have you done for me lately? Lacking respect. Lacking honor and, and not recognizing what was, what was done for them. And this is Paul now. He's writing to Philemon and saying, I want to do it out of love. I'm not here to manipulate you. And the very first thing I want you to notice about Paul's letter, and I'm going to go back, because I think there's a PowerPoint behind me. Let me go back to verse uh, 4. I'm trying to do PowerPoint. And um, I want you to notice that the very first thing that Paul does is he affirms his friend. He affirms Philemon. You're, you're my brother. You're, you're in the Lord. You've refreshed people. He says, he says, he says your love has given me great joy and, and great encouragement. My friends, here's a, here's a principle I want you to understand, that the bold, direct approach is not always the right approach. Coming people, and I'm, you know, I'm a direct person. I'm a direct person, but, but that's not always the right approach. Here's what Paul says. I would rather appeal to you. I'd rather come to you in humility. I, I would rather be meek with you and allow you to come to the right place and do the right thing, even though I could force you. You know, sometimes in, in even parental relationships, when we get, we get frustrated and we tell our children, do what I'm telling you to do. And they say, why? Because I'm your parent. Come on now. And, and your children hate that, but here's the truth. You did that to your parents too, right? Probably more of it in, 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 past, you know, in past times. And, and in my generation, you just did what you were told or you'd be buried. <laughs> I'm just, right? Today, you got to give your kids like 15 reasons to Sunday. But Paul affirms his friend. Paul comes to him in, in consent, he comes in, in meekness. He, he says, I don't, want to, I, don't want to, I don't want to compel you. He says, therefore, although in Christ I could be bold in order you to do what is right, yet I appeal to you. My friends, even in our day, because we hear a lot about this, you know, speaking truth to authority. I want you to understand that is not the spirit of Christ. In, in biblical, it's not that we can't speak to authority, but here's what Paul is saying. In the law of expectation, when we speak to authority in the kingdom, we appeal. We don't demand. We don't say, well, I know it all, and I, you know, I, I've got better revelation. I think I know what's, what's, what's best for you, and I'll tell you, and i got an opinion. And Well, have you noticed that opinions are free these days? The, the, the social media has made an expert out of everybody. Put a question on there. Find out. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody, everybody's an expert. 
And sometimes, you know what I even found out? I just found out people lie. They lie. You know, Pastor Moses, you and I like to research products and, you know, you get people giving you opinions and then other people go, you don't even own that product. You know, like they're giving you an opinion on a car. It's like, you don't own that car. You have a bike. <laughs> Consider your audience. My friends, an appeal is much more palatable with people. But, but here's the idea. The idea is you need to be genuine. You need to be sincere. Here's what, here's what Paul was saying about Philemon. This, this is my love towards you. This is our relationship. I, I'm affirming you, not because I'm trying to butter you up. Not because I'm trying to mummagai you, right? For the Trinity's watching in Trinidad and the Trinities that are here. Not, not, that I, you know, not that I'm trying to pump your tires. I genuinely believe this about you. And my friends, isn't it, isn't it interesting? It's, it's much easier to see people's negative sides than what you want to affirm them on. But in the law of expectation, you start with affirmation. Here's my, here's my second point. My second point is let's collaborate. Collaboration, let's collaborate. Let's talk about this. If you go to verse, if you go to verse 12, let me jump ahead a little bit. Uh, Paul says, I'm sending him who is my very heart back to you. Here's what I'm doing, Philemon. I'm, I'm going to send Onesimus back. Watch this, my friends. Paul was very clear. He was very specific. I'm aware of what's happened. I'm aware of what's going on. I, I knew what Onesimus did. And by the way, we don't know the amount of time that Onesimus spent with Paul, but clearly there was enough time for Paul to disciple him. But at one point he said, you got to go back. Onesimus, we have to do the... We have to do the right thing, but let me be very clear. Let me be very specific with my friend Philemon. Here's what I want. Here's what I'm requiring of you. Here are my standards. And my friends, I said this earlier, I'm going to say it again. Don't hold people to higher expectations than you hold yourself. Oh, that didn't go over very well, eh? We, 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 we seem to have greater expectations for others than we do for ourselves. You know, I am my worst critic. My friends, honestly, you don't have to criticize me because before you criticize me, I have criticized myself 10 times. Looking at should I, could I, would I, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm collaborating with people. What do you think? What do you think? What are your thoughts? What are your opinions? What should we have done? And I, I do it with the staff. I do it with the ministry. I, I, do it, I do it with my own family. It's the way that I operate. And to be honest with you, sometimes people take advantage of that. But in our collaboration, we, we, need, to, we need to be, uh, we need to have clarity. We, we need to be specific. And, and we need to clarify and ask people, what did you hear me say? You know why? Because people have filters. You filter. What you, right now, you're filtering. Right now, even, even what, what did he mean about the vaccine? What, do you, what, what does he mean about the lockdown? Does he, doesn't he think there's a virus? And, and, and we judge through our filters. We judge through our background. We judge through our heritage. We just have filters, and Pastor Bowles is going to bring a word on that. Let's collaborate. Let's talk about this. Let's, let's do the right thing. Notice, notice in verse 17, Paul says this, Welcome him as you would welcome me. Here's my expectation. Philemon, here's what I want you to do. Utilize my credibility. I'm going I'm to intercede on his behalf because I said it last week. I'll say it again. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed, blessed are the people that connect and unify the body of Christ. 
Everybody say collaboration. There's a key thing I want you to understand in this area, and that is the law of permission. You cannot resolve anything. You cannot speak into people's lives. You, you can't create conclusions and observations, my friends, until you have the law of permission in place. Let me give you an example. If Pastor Moses invites me to his house, I want you to have, come over, Pastor. Oh, we're going to have dinner. We're going to have lunch. We're going to have something. And then you know what? In the normal course of life, I say, Pastor Moses, i got to go to the bathroom. He goes, oh, no problem, Pastor. You know, the Shell gas station's down the street. No, no. He'll say, uh, he'll say oh, you know, it's to the left, and, you know, and, and, and the lights. And then you go. And then I understand there's like a normal amount of time that people should be gone. All of a sudden, you know, Pastor's taking a long time, and, and all of a sudden, you know, because I think, I think Pastor Moses' family is right here, right over here. And imagine if he comes looking for me because I haven't showed up, and, and he finds me in one of the bedrooms. Hmm? And, and not only does he find me in one of the bedrooms, but he sees me going through one of the drawers. Hey, Pastor, what are these jockeys? What are, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> where'd you get these? These are great. Are they comfortable? Are they, you know? I'm not even going to reveal to the church what you actually wear because I know. But anyway, um, we're close, man. I mean, <laughs> people go, what's going on in that church? Yeah. Um, how many know that Pastor Moses will say, Pastor, what are you doing? What are you doing here? You went to the bathroom. How many know that I'm not allowed at that point to say to him, listen, I'm your pastor. Don't question me. What did I just violate? I violated the law of permission. I, I went somewhere that I wasn't allowed to go, even though here I have authority over Pastor Moses. Here's, here's the point. You, you cannot take your authority from one place into another. I have authority in this house, but when I go to the school, I have a whole other level of authority and people that I'm accountable to. So my friends, watch this. People want to speak into other people's life, but they have no credibility. They have no emotional capital. They don't have the law of permission. And then we wonder why things go wrong. Now, please don't leave here today and you have an issue with your boss. And you say, well, my pastor said you don't have permission. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. Because you have to understand authorities, right? You have to understand offices. But unless you have the law of permission in place, unless you understand how far can I go? You know, even in counseling, a lot of you have been in counseling with me. I'll say to you, especially if I don't know you as well, can I be honest with you? And I'm not saying, listen, I've been lying this whole time. But you know what I'm saying? I'm going, hey, I'm going to go just a little bit deeper. I, I, I'm about to go into another room. Can I, can I go into this room? Can, can, can we talk about this subject? And you need people's permission. Well, here's what funny, what's funny with people sometimes is they give you permission. And then they're like, mm, I'm not sure I should have gave you that permission. So, my friends, listen, if you don't want to hear the truth, don't ask for the truth. You still love me? Come on. Not really, Pastor. All right, number three, choices have to be made. Look at verse 14. Verse 14, he says, 
so that any favor you do may be spontaneous and not forced. Here, here's what Paul is saying. Here's what Paul is saying under, under you know, this category of what I call decision choices have to be made. My friends, in the law of expectation, you have to give people time to be gracious. You have to give people time to respond. You, you have to give people time to digest. I, I know the Bible says don't let, you know, the, the sun goes down on your wrath, but I want you to understand some personalities are not built that way. See, see I'm an individual. I don't like things left open. For me, if I don't have closure, it frustrates me. I can't sleep. I want to deal with it. You know, other people, 90 years later, they're still not dealing with issues. Who are you dealing with? Do, do they need an opportunity to think? Do they need an opportunity uh, to analyze because they're, they're thinkers? And sometimes they're, they're feelers and they, they can't respond maybe as quick as you are. Therefore, we need to have communication. Every... I was saying, you know, every assistant pastor I've hired has been like a thinker analyzer. Uh, the president of our board, which we deal, uh, our brother Zabdiel is a thinker analyzer. There, there are times I, I say things to brother Zabdiel and he's got this like glazed look. And I'm like, are you listening to me? Are you, uh, are, are you thinking about the Brianna you're going to have or, right? <laughs> but you know what he is? He's a, he's a thinker. He's a He's an analyzer. Uh, Pastor Moses is like this. Said, and, 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 uh, and so those kind of people, it's not that they're not with you. It's not that they're not resisting you. They are thinking. I got to think. I need time to process. And, and even in your marriages, if, if you have a thinker, analyzer, feeler, you have to give people some time to sort out their thoughts so that they can come back and respond. Give people grace. Give people an opportunity. Give, give them time for consent. Give them an opportunity, but now watch this. Say, well, when will we talk about it? When will we resolve it? How are we going to get back to one another? Here's my, here's my fourth point, and probably the hardest one is the challenge. We don't love challenge. We don't love confrontation. Verse 15 and 20, let me go there. Here it says, perhaps the reason he was separated from you, he says what? So that he would come back to you better than a slave, but as a dear brother. And then he says this in verse 18, where he says, um, let me go forward here. Are you oppressed, Pastor? I'm doing like, well, I'm multitask. See, honey, you said I can't multitask. It's simply not true. All right. He says in verse 18, if he has done any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. Here's what Paul's saying. I'm challenging you to do the right thing. I'm expecting you to do the right thing. I'm, I'm expecting you to, to do and to take the high road. And then he says this, let's have full disclosure. Philemon, I know what he did to you. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We can't, we can't deny it. He robbed you. He, he damaged you. I, I understand. And you have every right to deal with him in a strict way. But here's my expectation. Because now that he's come to the Lord, he's a different person. He's of more value to you. As a matter of fact, Paul's saying the relationship can literally change. And then he says this, I don't want you to be out of anything. I'll pay for it. But friends, what were the last time? What was the last time you even offered to pay for something that wasn't your fault? That's the spirit of Christ. Let me step in there so you don't you don't have anything missing, that, that whatever's been done to you and whatever's wrong, because see, watch this, every wrong has to be corrected. 
Paul said, I'm not denying that. Watch this. Here's what Paul didn't say. Well, just suck it up, bro. And watch what he didn't say. He didn't give him some religious jargon like, you know what? God will bless you. I'm tired of that stuff. God will bless. No, no, no. Paul said, I'll pay. I'll make it up to you, Philemon, because you've done nothing wrong. You're an amazing guy, but you've done nothing wrong. And Onesimus has done something wrong, and he's repented, and I'm going to send him back. But I want you to understand, I'm interceding on, my, on his behalf, but I'm challenging you. I'm challenging you, Onesimus. I, I know the greatness that is in you. I, I expect you to take the high road. My friends, listen, it's okay to be challenged, and it's okay to challenge others. You know, some people have a philosophy, two philosophies. The first philosophy, and I'm almost done, by the way. Uh, not that you can run to any restaurant or anything, but... Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe you'd like to go to a playground. <laughs> uh, my, argue, my argument is that golf courses are playgrounds. There's sand there, there's green there, and so somebody petitioned the government for me, Amen. Now I don't even know where I was. Oh, yeah. Um, some people have this philosophy. They're like, well, you know, I don't expect anything of people. And so that way I never get hurt or disappointed. But here's what I found. I found the truth is we tell ourselves that, but in reality we have expectations and we get hurt anyway. So my friends, I would rather that you communicate and express your expectations. And, and my friends, let me say this, they have to be realistic. Sometimes, you know, even as a pastor, I, you know, I, I get in trouble for things I didn't even know was expected of me, and I'm like, that's not even realistic. I can't even, I can't even be there. I can't even do that. I, you're, you're, watch this, because sometimes we have expectations of people that only God can deal with. I find this in marriages sometimes where, you know, we lean on the spouse so much, but, but they're not Holy Spirit. But it's okay to be challenged. It's, so, it's okay to, to challenge others. And then, uh, and then finally, uh, verse 21 and 22, it's what I call the confidence stage. Paul says this. He says, he says I'm confident of your obedience. I'm writing to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask. You'll do more than I say. I know you, Philemon. I, I have absolute assurance. People that lack confidence are generally not going to express confidence in others. You're going to rip people, criticize people, put them down, belittle them. Because watch this. Do you know that some people feel better about themselves when they're making you smaller? Paul says, you're a great man. I've trust in you. I have confidence in you. I, I know you're going to do more. I know your attitude. I know your love for Jesus. I, I know our relationship. And you know, you know what's phenomenal? Because the letter ends right there. It's like a movie that, you know, you know those, I hate those movies that they don't give you an ending. Did it go this way? 
Did, it go, did they run out of money? Like, why, why didn't this end? They, they leave it to you. It's, it's kind of... Paul doesn't even say, write me back. Tell me you did the right... Paul just says, I know how this is going to end. Now, if you're Philemon... <laughs> Sorry, if you're Onesimus and you're like, Master, I have a letter. By the end of this verse, <laughs> Onesimus is going to know what's going to happen. You know, I did a little bit of research and I found out through traditions and early writings, because it's not in the Bible, but I found out not only did Philemon receive Onesimus, he allowed him to function in the church, and Onesimus became a bishop. A runaway slave that probably should have been killed. But because Paul understood the law of expectation. I say to Pastor Moses, this book is phenomenal. Every time I read it, I get, and not only, not only from a relational, but even from a leadership standpoint. The wisdom of God, the ways of God, the culture of the kingdom. This is why we need the church, friends. This is why we need the Bible. To teach us the heart and the ways of God. I want you to stand with me this morning. I want you to know that I have confidence in you. I want you to know that you're amazing people. I want you to know that we're growing in so many different ways, aren't we? And we're being challenged. I know some of you said, Pastor, these, these messages are leading a little bit too close. Yeah. Yeah. Because God's dealing with our hearts. God's dealing with, with, with some of the sharp edges. God, God's, God's taking out a sandpaper. Could have shared some other stories that maybe we'll do in, in coming weeks, but I want to release you with the blessing of the Lord. I don't know when I'm going to see you face to face, and honestly, for me, that's a painful thing. I love your faces. I love us gathering. But we'll trust the Lord, amen? We'll trust the Lord. And um, <laughs> I always had a friend of mine who's gone on to be with the Lord. He would always say this. If I don't see you next week, I'll see you on the other side. And that would always make me so nervous, you know. And, uh, but I never forgot, Pastor Nick Welsh, just an incredible man of God. But there's truth to that. There's truth to that. And so, Father, I bless you for God's people, the sheep of your pasture, your blood shed for them. Would you say you're an awesome God? And Father, we give thanks to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. May you give us grace. May you give us hope. May you give us a future. And Father, I'm asking you, watch over our children. Watch over our children. Watch over our children. And may you be so close to them. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.